0: You're listening to another
1: life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to AwakenChurch.com. Awaken Church, happy Sunday and welcome to Let's Talk About It we've got a live crowd here and live streaming facebook however we're doing that we're excited that you're jumping online and viewing as well want to quickly kind of give a quick heads up about what tonight is going to look like we're going to be focusing on and talking about relationships and so to start us off tonight we have pastor Lindsay Minter incredible we have my good friend Brad Jones And uh, right after them, they're going to have about a 20-minute slot, and then we're going to have Pastor Michaela and Dr. Matt Hubbard jumping on. So if you just jumped on, you're like, you guys tricked me. I thought this was the Hubbards. I promise they're going to be jumping up here. They are next. And this is my beautiful bride, Pastor Marissa Pyle. Hello. Hello. And I'm Pastor Sterling, really excited to be hosting you guys tonight, but a little bit about these two guys, incredible pillars in our church. You guys have been around uh, Awaken for a long time, and so I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit tonight as we're diving into relationships, kind of your experience with dating and maybe the, the pre-dating you know, season, phase, whatever that looks like.
2: What he's really trying to ask you is, will you tell us a little bit about how you came to Awaken, the 411 of your story? And the reason why we picked these guys is because they got radically saved, had amazing transformation in Awaken Church, met their spouses, which, do we have those photos really quick? They're both married. Uh-oh.
3: Which photo I sent you? Not to each other. Oh, yay,
2: that's me. There's Lindsay and Jamin, I know. And Brian children oh just kidding um come,
0: yeah married into a family how come yeah. her picture is bigger than mine
2: <laughs> but yeah tell us a little so bit about your longer. guys's story Lindsay, do you want to go first
3: yes i'd love to go first um hi guys it's so good to be here um yeah so we're actually coming up on five years of marriage next week that's why my photo's bigger because i've been married longer just in case you're wondering. fair enough yeah um, yeah, so I came to this church seven years ago, and I, like Marissa said, I got radically saved at a young adult event, actually, and so don't skip young adult events, because yeah. you never know when you're going to meet Jesus or your spouse. I met both. Praise God. Um, so yeah, I got radically saved and then decided to join the internship. Do we have any interns here, by the way? Yeah. Come on. Um, so joined the internship, and I was just super excited, came into it, really excited to get closer to God and to get plugged in. And literally in the first week of my internship, I decided to tell Pastor David Chittick, that was my supervisor, he said, hey, I'm super pumped for this next year. By the way, I met a guy that I like, <laughs> and do you want to get into that right now? Yeah, all right, let's go. So I sat in his office and I said, uh, There's this guy named Jamin. You probably know him. And I'm super excited. He's super healthy and well rounded and amazing. He's been here forever. So it's totally good for us to and date And also, right? handsome. And also, super so handsome. handsome. <laughs> Um, and Shiddick was like, yeah, I love Jamin. And I'm like, great. So we're good. And he goes, no, hold on. And what's great about Jamin is because he's been in our culture for so long. and been at our church for so long. He knew better than to be like, yeah, we're dating. And this is what's funny is he, before I had this conversation with Pastor David, he said, hey, we need to, we need to hold on. Like you're going to be an intern. We need to ask uh, Pastor David, if we can date. And I was like, no, I'll just let him know. He'll be good with it. <laughs> and uh, and so I did that. And uh, Jamin took him out to lunch. It was all good. And Chidik came back and he's like, yeah, let's hold off for a little bit. And I was like, all the drama melted on the floor, like <laughs> end of the world. Like Marissa knows.
2: <laughs> I think to give some context to Lindsay's story is you were an extreme party girl before getting saved. And so it wasn't that Pastor David was going no out of control. He was doing it out of, hey, let's actually work on you because I think that it's important to actually be in a healthy place as a person, yeah. and I think sometimes as young adults, you know, we're, we're really focused on making sure the glass slipper fits yeah. when really we need to make sure that we've busted through some glass ceilings in our lives. Totally. Oh. And so... Um, that, was a, that was a
1: tweetable moment right there.
3: Well, well, To your point, like, it had Chittick not, and obviously, like, the story ends great, Jamin and I are married, but had he not said, like, hey, let's hold off, I honestly would have stayed in that same pattern, I wouldn't be married today, I guarantee you, I would have, because all I knew before was date and hook up repeat, like, that was literally my life, and so... What 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 I would have been setting myself up for was date Jamin would not have let me hook up with him for the record but but it would have been well, like maybe. date well. try to hook up with this awesome guy he probably wouldn't have because he knows better I would have said okay next found the next you know train wreck and then just kept going and going so I'm so grateful that somebody wasn't afraid to stop me and say hey actually you got some stuff to work on and I love you way too much to let you fall in the same pattern so got healed got delivered went through all of the proper steps and bam was finally allowed to date so amazing worth it so good um and Bradley um
2: you're I think a Christian
3: (laughs)
0: that's my name
2: (laughs) um you're saved yes
0: yeah, it's last debatable. Time, last time we checked. Yeah, 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 last time. My my story uh, kind of has to do with relationships and dating, actually. So I came to what was then oh, C3, now Awaken, obviously. And uh, <clears throat> I had met a girl at a bar, thought that was a great idea, dated her. Turns out she was a raging alcoholic, and it was a nightmare, right? So so then finally, after like just like you said, that that and repeat was I figured I might as well try the church thing. And one of the ladies I knew had a cute daughter. And so I thought, well, I'll just, they're going to this church. I might as well try church.
3: So, At least you're honest. That was me too, for the well, record.
0: If, we're not going to do it, but if we were going to do a poll in here of how many guys came to church for a cute girl, then yeah. And vice they, versa. Raise your hand if that's you. And vice versa, yeah. yes. <laughs> so that was kind of like the reason why I came to church, ended up, you know, not pursuing or being into that girl at all falling in love with Jesus getting radically saved Um, but then my dating after that was kind of a train wreck because I was bringing my old past into now what is a a church environment and a healthy relationship so I had to learn a bunch of things like one of the things that I still remember it was like baffling to me is okay I get the whole don't have sex before marriage part but you can sleep over. Like, this is, you know, you can sleep at my house. You just, we won't have sex. And then now I'm realizing, like, well, that was the dumbest thing ever. Because if you get a girl in your bed and it's 2 a.m., yeah. uh, okay. you're having sex. Sorry. I just have to say it.
2: And I would say. So a little if, naive
0: in that moment. but If you're
2: not having sex, then there's probably other things going you're on. You're a eunuch yeah. or yeah. batting
0: for the other team.
2: <laughs> I mean, okay. Good job. <laughs> So my question for you, Bradley, is um, what does healthy dating look like? Because you went from years of doing it one way, the way the world would say is the right way. And then you come, yep. you get saved, and then you realize there's a new way. So what would you say to people that have maybe dated how the world would recommend that have maybe gotten saved, but now they're relearning what a healthy relationship look like? looks like?
0: Yeah. So I... I had to do like what Lindsay said. Um, And I think one of the main things about good, healthy relationships in church is listening to somebody who's leading you, your connect group leader, your pastor or whatever, because I had a ton of blind spots. I didn't realize how messed up I was. And so now once I had met this beautiful girl, my now wife, mother of my child soon. They're pregnant. Superstar, runway model. Um, So I had thought, oh, this is the one. Can I date her? You know, I'm talking to Pastor David, who was my pastor at that time. And he said, uh, hey, how about we just hold off a minute? So it was, apparently it's a reoccurring theme of Pastor David saying, hold off, He likes to say
1: no. <laughs> and then
0: us having great marriages after, so it works. But uh, he he had said, hey, you know, I see a pattern in your life. Maybe you should uh, try counseling. And I'm thinking, like, I listened to heavy metal. I did construction. Like, I'm not about to go see a counselor right now. Like, What are you talking about? <laughs> I was so glad I did too because what I had realized was that my I had a major heart issue with my mom who had passed away when I was younger and never fully forgave her for abandoning me and I didn't even know that I had that but I could never I would always allow people into my life to a certain degree but then that last little vulnerable part I wouldn't so I'd end up using them or or manipulating or all these things so to fast forward when I met her I did counseling I did all that and then one night my heart broke and i'm weeping and I and this breakthrough happens he then i go back to him months later and gives me the the green light so i say all that to say this part right here i went a little unorthodox kind of old school but i think it was the best thing it's actually the best thing i've ever done yeah. Yeah. so i start courting her i kind of know that her and i are you know we're into each other we want to date each other so i asked pastor david got it cleared pastor john got it cleared pastor jurgen at the moment i was on staff so it, I don't think everyone should be calling Pastor Juergen to see if yeah, they please, can please don't, please don't do that. Please don't
2: call Pastor Juergen. Uh,
0: so I, I went through all the proper steps of getting sound wisdom into my life. And then I actually thought, you know what, if I'm going to do it this time, I want to do it right. And yeah. so I actually called her parents up and asked them if I could come over and, and talk to them. And so I get there to ask them if I can date their daughter. And it's like, it seems old school, but they're conservative. I wanted to do it Right. You know, might as well set it off right. But here's the thing. So I'm, I'm like as poor as poor can get at this moment. My truck driving there, it's an automatic, but you have to shift it from first, second, third, and then rev it up and then let off the throttle, slam it into drive just so that you can get it in a fork to go on the freeway. It didn't have reverse, right? So I had to park on a slight downhill just so that I could actually get out of this place that they live. But I pull up and it's this like majestic, Garden, it was four it's a acres in Rancho Santa Fe with a giant iron gate. And I'm like texting her, I'm here. And her mom texts back, okay. And then it's like, this huge gate. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm a total pile. Like, this is, uh, like, what am I even doing here? I almost left. But I went there scared in my boots, almost peed myself, asked them if I could date her Uh they, they blessed it. And then we just continued to follow that path of doing everything right. Set boundaries. She never slept over. Um, we never had sex. And it was the greatest, like hardest thing you could ever do. Anyone who says like, oh, I'll just date someone and we won't have sex. is super easy. It's like, no, it's not. It's not easy. It actually takes real effort to, to make sure you set boundaries. And so maybe we'll get into that. But uh, so yeah, so I don't know, manning up and being honorable about it, and not just like, not just trying to get the girl and date her and see where it goes and try it out or try it before you buy it. Like, be a man.
2: And do it. So dang. Good. Brad, do you since you're kind of on the topic, do you want to talk about the importance of honoring a covenant? Um, yeah, and, sure. Yeah, go for it.
0: Um, yeah, so it, it's kind of an old school word, covenant. We don't use it that much, but uh, if if you read in Genesis when when God talks about the Adam and Eve, man and woman, becoming one, becoming one flesh. And so when when you just start sleeping around or when you have sex with somebody, and even Paul talks to the Corinthians about it. He's saying how, you know, you guys understand grace and all this, and, and you're meant to be one with Christ, but he, he slams them. He says that, don't you know that when you join yourself to a prostitute, you become one flesh? And so this is something I had no, had no idea before church and before Um, getting into deliverance and all that. But what happens when you join yourself to someone, whether you're married or not, is you actually, your souls become tied together. So a lot of times we're, you know, if you're going out sleeping around with a bunch of people, you actually have soul ties now forming with other people and a piece of you is now all over and you wonder why you're lonely and you're missing something. And so what that is, just to kind of close the loop on it, maybe we can pray for some people after that have because God's a redeemer is that a soul tie, you connect yourself to somebody, but what it does now in an unholy covenant is it opens the door for, uh, for the devil and for demonic things. So all of a sudden you're, you know, you start dating maybe this uh, alcoholic girl and I seem to start drinking a lot and needing alcohol or all of a sudden you pick up anxiety and you're like, where is this stuff coming from? Well, it's coming from somebody that you've joined yourself with. So it's beyond just the, Conventional, you know, the, the church like don't have sex before you're married. There's actual uh, a spiritual thing that God sees us as one. And so he wants a holy covenant because in that it can be a beautiful thing outside of that it can be dangerous.
1: And the interesting thing is you usually don't see it until later, but what you're actually doing is you're dishonoring yourself, you're dishonoring that person, you're dishonoring God, but eventually you're going to be married, you're going to have a spouse, and you're going to have to reveal that part of of your past and your history, which isn't fun, right? But what you're doing is you're actually dishonoring even your future marriage, the covenant that is going to come. And so I think a lot of times the church will will draw the line, hey, don't have sex before marriage, right? And it's a big blanket statement, but won't actually dive into, hey, here's what why. We know there's actually, this is going to cause a lot of pain in the future. There's, you're going to have to undo things. Right. You're going to have to have God show up supernaturally, redeem those things. That's yeah. why we're explaining all this. We want to save you the trouble now. Explain that line, not just have a blanket statement of, hey, don't have sex before marriage, because then there's no reason, there's no compelling reason for you to not engage in that unless you know what that reason is.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So good, babe. <laughs>
0: Well, even really quickly, think about it psychologically. So my wife, Anya, uh, was uh, an orphan in Russia. in six years old, her mom left her in a hospital with her brother. Uh, people that she's known close to her left her. She comes to America finally. She gets her first boyfriend. He cheats on her. The next boyfriend's a, a train wreck. So what guys do, and especially in the construction world, is, oh, you know, she's a psycho, blah, blah, blah. They, but what they don't realize is that, say I broke, That covenant, say I broke that promise to her that we aren't going to have sex. We break that. Now we go into a marriage. I'm working out of town. She finds out, you know, say the guys go somewhere, strip club or something. I tell her I didn't go. She doesn't trust me. Because why? I've already broken one promise. I've already broken something special. So beyond the spiritual, like mentally and emotionally, for us, especially guys as leading, you, you have to do everything you can to build her up and to unload as much. Baggage as we have for each other going into a marriage, so it's priceless to not.
1: I would say this, even putting this emphasis on that exchange between two people. If if you you know you stand up in you know in, at a marriage altar and there's a pastor there and you say a bunch of words and you make this exchange, you say "I do" and you both get a ring and then you walk away. You sign a piece of paper. Technically, what the Bible says is you're not married until you consummate that marriage, until you're actually physically involving yourself sexually with that person. So to think about it like that, if, if the marriage ceremony, it's legit, right? It's awesome. It's great to have that exchange. You need to sign, you know, I love Marissa enough. I got the government involved. There's a piece of paper that says that we're married, we have a marriage license, but actually what sealed that, what initiated the covenant was that exchange between two people. So just to, to paint that picture for you, that's how important that exchange is. That's how important that interaction with another human being is.
2: So awesome. I'm going to change the subject a little bit, but I remember when I was growing up, my mom would always say to me, I can tell you the success of a marriage, and obviously this is a summary, so there's don't throw stones at me. But she said, I can tell you the success of a marriage based off who is standing at the altar with the bride and groom. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, I can see the health of a great relationship based off the amazing friendships that they have in their life. And Um, so I want to talk about that a little bit because this is a question we got sent in on the Instagram and it says, I'm, if I'm a girl and I take an inventory of my friendships and I have way more male friends than I do female, why is that? And does that matter?
3: It does matter. Um. Or vice versa. Yeah. And I would, and I was actually thinking about this on the car ride down, like, because I remember at one point in my life, I was like, well, I just don't do girlfriends. It's drama. It's this and it's that. But I actually think that that's such a covering for a deeper void. And so if you're in here and you're like, well, I don't like being friends with girls. They're annoying. But what is that? Like, I'd actually challenge you to think, what is that? Who hurt you? Who betrayed you? What, you know, what happened? Yeah. Like judgment girls can be catty. They can be mean. I totally get it. But what you find yourself doing, I remember Around 19, I looked around and all I was friends with was guys. And if you're surrounding yourself with good-looking dudes and you're like, yeah, but I don't like any of them, you're lying. Like, there's just no way. There's no way you're looking at an attractive dude when you're sitting in a hot tub with a bunch of dudes and you're like, uh, but yeah, I have no desire to talk to any of them. Like, that's just, that's just not true. You're surrounding yourself with what I would consider like fleshly temptation. So, and that, at least that was for me, I was surrounding myself and I, I came from a history of, well, I, I need to fill this void of rejection and abandonment from my dad. And so if I'm just friends with a bunch of guys, I've got literally the world at my fingers because I don't have to ever worry about being rejected because I'm surrounding myself with a bunch of dudes. That was for me. So I don't know if anybody in here can relate to that or not, but I would say that's kind of where that comes from. So take an inventory. Am, am I friends with more males and females? And look, I, what I love about our church is we can have healthy friendships with the opposite sex I love that we do co-ed connect groups that we do co-ed hangouts because it, it shows us what that looks like so it's totally okay don't sit here and be like okay I can't be friends with anybody of the opposite sex anymore but I would encourage you to you know look at that and say why is that why do I feel that way why do I have this bent against making friends with other girlfriends so um I would say too
2: um if you're at a place where you're the person that Lindsay's talking about, the girl with all the boys in the hot tub, that's why we encourage connect groups. Because as you build relationships, you're going to begin to learn to trust again or deal with those issues of why it is that you avoid the same-sex relationships or friendships, because those are the relationships that as you get married, um, that when you get married, those friendships don't go away. You need those amazing friendships in marriage. And I would say, in fact, when you get married, if you decide to not have great friendships, you're
3: marriage gets quite dysfunctional and not fun. Well, and I preached about this at our San Marcos campus a few weeks ago. Like God wants you to have friends for a reason. Like he literally designed us to not do life alone. So Jamin and I are going through something. I'm so grateful I can call Marissa. How inappropriate if I was just friends with Sterling and I just called Sterling for all my stuff. And then I, all of a sudden, kind of going back to like the ties, I'm not saying this is a soul tie, but like i then am finding myself like this, reliance on sterling and then all of a sudden that just gets so messy so in order to have that healthy even marriage I would say and surround yourself with healthy girlfriends so that you can you know you can grow better
1: if you ever call me like that, I would just say, "Uh huh, mm-hmm. uh huh, <laughs> yeah, okay." Did you call
3: Marissa? Yeah. <laughs> Thank God.
1: <laughs> I love it, Bradley. Question for you: uh, Someone you know messages in on our Instagram. I like someone, but they have been dating someone I know. They're a friend or an acquaintance. What advice would you give?
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> they have dated
0: someone, you know, or they are dating someone. They have. They have been. They're not in currently past dating. Tens.
2: They're single.
0: Oh well, hey, free game. My opinion. Yes!
1: I say. I tell people this. I say, hey, no Battle ring. Of the better man. No ring, no thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I would say. Uh, I mean,
3: <laughs> That's why Marissa and I are up here to. Bring
0: I mean, a, back a, <laughs> a more, a better answer, let's say, yeah. is <laughs> depends on how close of a person this is. But if it were me. Um, I would, I would probably, if you guys decide that you do like each other and you want to pursue this and it is a friend, obviously bring it up to them and ask them, Hey, you know, we're, we're feeling a certain way or whatever. I want to ask her out. Like, is that okay? Would you be okay with that? I, again, my mindset or my fallback is in any moment, how can I man up? And so if, if going up to the person, instead of trying to avoid it, And just like go sneaky. I mean, how many people have done that? You just, yeah. you start dating all sneakily and then all of a sudden it comes up and, and it's a nightmare. And so then you guys aren't friends anymore. So if you want to save the friendship, maybe just go talk to them. Yeah. If you don't really like him that much, well, whatever.
2: <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would say to the reverse of that is as Christians, we do this weird thing in church where it's like, oh, I told all my girlfriends that I liked him. So now none of them can like him. And it's like this weird dibs yeah, thing. Like, and I'm like, we other. don't, what are we doing? Like, stop. Um, the other weird thing that people do, and this is not geared towards anyone specific, but I've heard it like 20 times in 2021, which is a lot, is people go on a date like two times, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, God told me that we're gonna get married.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, I know, I know. But I'm telling you to stop. That's weird. And even if God did tell you that. Even
1: if you hear that. Write it down and don't tell her. How much cooler is it two years later to say, hey, when we started dating, I felt like I heard X, Y, and Z instead of two days later. Two years, two days. Which one's going to be more powerful? Two years later, you actually married her. You put a ring on her finger. You live in the same bed. All of that, right? You get to tell her later, hey, two years ago we started dating. God told me I heard that. I thought that that's way more powerful than two days later.
3: And less creepy. Even if you think it, just don't say it. Totally. I mean...
0: We don't care.
3: Yeah. Like... When I met Jamin, and my, I was thinking so practically. I'm like, okay, Jamin's 12 years older, for those of you who don't know us. And so I'm like, there's no way a 34-year-old dude is, like, pursuing a 22-year-old for fun. Like, I know he's got marriage on the brain, but we were really wise in that. And he actually didn't tell me he loved me until um, nine months into our relationship. Because we there's, – there's just something about that. It's like this deep – like, the way I look at it is as quickly as you fall in love – like you, it's almost like, I think of it like a diet. Is that weird? Like immediate weight gain or immediate weight loss. No, stay with me. Stay with me. Like, like if you, like if you lose weight really, really quickly, you're more than likely to like gain it back even quicker. And so just like in the sense of like, oh my gosh, we're obsessed with each other. We're getting married. We're falling in love. Like, okay, you guys fell into that really quickly. How quickly are you going to fall back out of that? And like not using wisdom. So
1: no one. I've never. I've never sat with a married couple. You know, people who have been married for X amount of time. I've never heard them say this. Man, I just wish we would have gone
3: faster. Right.
1: <laughs> Everyone wishes that they had gone a little bit slower, given more effort to the process, let more people in, taken the time. Unless told, you were
3: dating for ten years.
1: That's a different story. Just I mean. <laughs> I tell people all the time, go slow and get to know. This isn't a race. This is an investment, right? You're investing into your future relationship. You're never going to get to the altar, get to marriage, and go, man, I just wish we would have done this way faster. There's such a value to taking your time with those kinds of
2: things. So one more question, babe, and I'll let you answer. Yeah, we got to wrap it up. Practically, what does it look like to invite people into your relationship?
1: Yeah, great question. So what you guys have did, something that I noticed from both of you that you mentioned with Pastor David, is that he had an ability to see the patterns that were in your life, which means he knew you before you came and talked to him about dating. Which means they had already given him access before it was time for me. Hey, I'm thinking about dating now. Now what do you think? So what I would, what I would advise, my encouragement to you is, is find that person for you. If that's a connect group leader, if that's someone that you're doing life with on the same plane. But inviting people into your relationship. A lot of people think accountability is, oh, I'm going to tell you when I do something wrong. That's actually not what accountability is. Accountability is this, hey, help me make sure that I'm making great decisions. I'm going to let you actually see what's going on in my life so that if I start going off, I trust you enough and I know that you love me enough to help put me right back on the same track. That's good. And that person has to be someone that you know and trust has your best interests in mind. They have to. You, there, there's this relational equity that has to go into that. And I would say, you know, this is not 10 people. This is maybe one or two people. When I started dating Marissa, I let a few trusted people in. Hey, there's this girl. I think she's awesome. I'm considering. What do you think?
2: You had to meet everybody
1: yeah, when, when I started dating Marissa, I had to meet all of her friends. I was like, are you guys like scoping me out? Like what's going on? They were, but you know what? That was actually, that was actually a good thing for me well. because I, I immediately saw, okay, she has friendships. She has relationships that actually care enough about her. Listen, who you end up marrying is the second biggest decision you make in your entire life. First decision is to follow Christ. Second decision is who you marry. Your entire life flows through that, where you live, how you live, the children you have, how you raise them. There are so many decisions that come out of that. We want awakened young adults. We want people in our church and in our city to have freaking killer, killer marriages. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it starts before you're dating. It starts before you're dating. Find those people now, invite them in. Hey, at some point, I'm going to be interested in someone. When that time comes, I'm going to involve you, and I'm not going to inform you about what I'm doing. I'm going to inquire and listen for wisdom.
2: That's good. Great job. <laughs> Well, we're going to um, swap out Bradley Jones and Pastor Lindsay, and we're going to welcome up the Hubbers. So can you guys put hey, your look, hands give these guys together a hand. Come for on. these two? You guys are amazing. And we're going to welcome up Dr. Matt and Pastor Michaela to the stage. J- Jamin and Anya, thank you for coming with your spouses. You guys are amazing. Hello. Welcome. Hello, well wow, this, this thing
4: got intense quick.
2: Oh, my gosh. I know. You guys already, like... <laughs> I mean, I heard so the
4: word eunuch in the first three minutes.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm so uncomfortable.
4: I don't even I know. I don't even know how to spell that. Some people
2: are asking, what is a eunuch? I can see over their head. I don't
1: even know how to spell that word. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, my Hey,
1: you, sh- you should definitely know this amazing couple. This is Pastor Michaela <laughs> and Dr. Matt Hubbard. They just do a few things uh, with all of their extra free time. They are campus pastors at Awaken Church. They are generations leaders. They are missions leaders. There's a little chiropractic office down the street called True Chiropractic. I know you guys had nothing else in the world going on tonight. Thank you so much (laughs) for coming. I want to honor these guys. Let's honor their time for being here.
5: So awesome. We're happy to be here. This is one of our most favorite things to do. It is to talk about marriage. We have a lot of funny stories. I We're going to do really practical things tonight, but also you will laugh.
1: Who watched uh, Fireside Chats with them? Okay, it's a little Back taste of that. Back in COVID, quarantine
5: time. I told my husband, I'm like, let's just pretend like it's Fireside Chat. Yeah. We're all yeah. here.
4: Something about that. Let me <laughs> see real quick. How many uh, people are dating in the room? Okay. How many married couples in the room? Okay. How many people are single? Ready to mingle. And ready to mingle.
1: Got some right. I saw some hands girls. go down when you said Anytime the mingle.
4: I know. This is so you weird should give them a little demand. more
1: time to look around Let the room. Let your yes
4: be yes and no be no, dear Lord. <laughs> They're
1: like,
5: I'm single, but I don't want to meet anyone.
1: Do you notice know that some people worship differently? <laughs> They're just...
4: You know, it's amazing. You know, if I did something like this in a secular place, you just, it gets a little rowdy. Listen, we're a real church. We're going to say real things. Yep and and you're real people. You're men, you're women, you have hormones. 90% of you are horny right now.
2: And, and the other 10% is lying about it. So Yeah.
4: Did you guys or need a moment? they have been married I mean, a long time. Lord. No, I'm honest. Okay, you're yeah. fine.
2: Hey, can we speed this up?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40
2: minutes, babe. It's on.
4: I mean, we can wait 30 seconds. Is that in a high five or? No. Oh. I don't know what to See, do with
1: I, it. But Dr. Matt doesn't know. What Dr. Matt doesn't know is Pastor Michaela is secretly on our side. We're going to move oh, this chair it's over. That's probably true. Here. <laughs> it's I don't want to start. We're, we're,
4: we're all friends. We're oh, all goodness,
1: friends. Gracious.
4: Listen, they were dropping great knowledge. I just want to. Uh, we're coming out of the gate strong. But to give you a little context before we, we get you know into they're this. They're interviewing
5: us, right? I know. Okay, just but I just sure. want
4: to give them context to this yeah. interview. Mm-hmm. Lands yeah, Where it needs great. to land. Perfect. So I met my wife at an airport, Hello. and, um, you know, basically she Wait, was at San Diego Pastor State. Wait, I need Michaela
2: to tell about the hair flip thing. That's no, the most you don't important. Need yeah, we need to hear we that. We need context. We tell this story good together,
5: so when he gets to that part, okay. I will model Keep it. Keep going.
4: Wow. So I was at an airport. I was flying to Vegas for just to go for a one day, hit a goal. I'm in the goal setting. Let's go out there, celebrate. I saw this little cutie. Our, fl- our flight was delayed. I saw she was over there getting frustrated. She looked angry. And um, <laughs> basically, I, you know, probably had a drink and was, had, a, had a book. And I was like, man, I need to go sit next to that girl. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to. But then I saw these five guys, also from San Diego State, sitting there talking about her. So I just was listening to the whole time, every one of them was just piping off who was going to be the guy to go listen. Finally, I was like, I can't, I can't handle these punks anymore. So I just walked over, sat down next to her, and started chatting with And I with noticed her.
5: him right away when I first got to the airport, not because I was attracted to him, but because he had hair like down to here. He wanted to be like Keanu Reeves, so he just kept going like this. <laughs>
4: I was I'm inspired like, by the movie Point Break, okay? I not
5: stop walking?
0: 15
4: years ago, that dude was in, but here's the deal. He no, you have a kid named Maverick, too, it- huh? Hey, second date, second date. His, I made you
5: get your hair cut. She yes.
4: goes, if you're into me, we got to do something about that hair. I'm like, let's cut it right now. So her sister was in the cosmetology school. I said, do it right now. So in her apartment kitchen, uh, that's how committed I was. But I said, here's the deal on the Southwest back then. It was, um, it wasn't, it was A, B, and C, or is that it now? Yeah, it was A, B, and Cs, not the, whatever the numbers it was. So I go, listen, I'm a C, you're an A, save me a seat, I'll buy you a drink on the plane. And she goes, I don't even know you. And I said, I know, but here's your alternative. Those five guys over there, that are who, the, they're creepers, or that large person over there, or you can sit next to me and you're going to get a free drink out of it. No matter what, you win. She goes, okay. So listen, I got on, like the last person to get on the plane here and up, she saved my seat. I go, all right, I'm in. But then I sat down and I sa- oh, when I asked her, will you save my seat? She goes, listen, I have a boyfriend. Help you, men. I said, I didn't ask you if you had a boyfriend. I asked you if you could save me a seat. My mama said, if there's not a ring on it, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. So I'm just Man. doing what my mama told me. That's so good wisdom She right saved there. me the seat. The rest is history. And then I found out later, she was dating like three different guys. She had a trauma, you know, long-term. I wasn't saved. She wasn't saved. Disclaimer. And listen, I was just evangelizing.
1: This guy. Missionary dating. thats true. I will say missionary
4: dating is not the right way to do it unless you know exactly who you want. I'm nine years old. I knew exactly what I wanted, and I did make this commitment. I said, I'm inviting that girl to church. And I said, listen, for all you know, you could be the devil, but church on Sunday if you want to go. And uh, she came on Sunday. She got saved on her first Sunday. And then afterwards, Pastor Juergen beelined right to me. I'm thinking to myself, because I grew up in church, and I was the inappropriate dater, black sheep in my family. So that's why I got lots of, you know, good nuggets to talk to you about, what mistakes not to make. But I sat there, and I go, oh, crap. Here comes Pastor Jurgen. And he's about to give me the speech. You probably shouldn't date her. She just got saved, spiritual maturity. You brought
1: this heathen in here?
4: Yeah. No, he wasn't thinking that. He, he literally was so proud. He walks up, and he goes, did you see
1: it? Michaela raised her hand and goes, I'm like, I know.
4: You probably don't want me to date her, huh? And he goes, Are you an idiot? She's gorgeous. You need to date her. I'm like, Oh, oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Really? You want me to? I, she knows nothing about the Bible. Oh, that's it. She'll become friends with Pastor Leanne. Don't worry. They'll BFF it. She'll be in no time. Matter of fact, you won't even be able to keep up with her. I'm like, Oh, yeah, we'll see about that.
5: Still the case.
4: <laughs> yeah. So. The rest is history, and then our dating life was hilarious, and, uh, you know, I had a lot of religiosity, had a lot of stuff, and I had multiple bad, not multiple bad, I only had one psycho relationship, and it was right before her, that's why I said, I need to take time off dating, that's why I was like, she could be the devil for all I know. But then what happened? She came. She got around Pastor Eugenio Land. She got around the right friends. And she had the toughest decision. She had to leave four party girls. She was part of the Fab Four of San Diego State. She had to make a decision. Do I choose them in that party lifestyle, or do I want to choose God? Yeah. And you know, and I think a, an interesting thing, I wrote down some of these verses. In John 14, 15, it says this, If you love me, you'll follow my commandments. What I loved about her heart She got saved and then ran after Jesus. And what I loved about her, she wasn't going to church for me. She may have come, but she was coming because of Jesus. And she was pursuing Jesus, and it was so attractive to see this young girl just chasing after God. And it was was epic. The other one is James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom... Yeah, that was me. Any of you lack wisdom? Yeah. Let him ask God who gives generously to all who approach, and it will be given. That's James 1, five, And I think it's so important in this, if you're trying to be different than what the world is, right. is putting up there for you. In the garden, listen, Eve, there's a tree of knowledge, okay? And then there's the tree of life, which is Jesus. The world always wants you to go after the tree of knowledge, and they want us to eat from that. And they try to make it as attractive as possible. But the tree of life is Jesus. And if you get around, I love the fact, maybe you all go to our church, maybe none of you go to our church, whatever it is, is this is where we're talking about the tree of life. And when you eat from it, you'd start to distinguish the good things from the wrong right, things. Right. And you might slip up. And the worst thing you can do is go shame about it. Yep. Look down, talk about it. the first thing you do is you go to your leaders and you just say, we messed up. Just like on a Sunday night service, my wife went right to Pastor Jurgen and said the one thing that no one that's ever been raised in church should say to a pastor, but she had no idea, she had no context of being raised in church. She goes, yeah, you know, Dr. Matt and I hooked up, <laughs> but I didn't know. So after service, I'm like, everything's great. We're driving home from church. She goes, yeah, I went and told uh, Pastor Juergen we were hooking up. <laughs> and I said, excuse me? get out. You did what? Yeah. He said, don't worry about it. He'll just talk to you on Monday at your office. <laughs> so, <gasps> so he comes in at 11, you know, 10 o'clock on Monday, go in the private room. And he's like, Hey, so Michaela told me, I'm I know I'm so sorry. And he goes, Hey, listen, I'm just glad you're not gay. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, this is a test. I go, excuse me, and he goes, yeah. If she was pursuing you like she told me she was, then how could you say no? And it just lets me know I need to help you in the disciple, you know, arena, and we got to put up some boundaries. You just didn't know, you can't. And I said, oh, okay. So, you, uh, should uh uh, do you want me to break up with her? And he goes, why would you break up with her? Are you an idiot? I'm like, I I don't. You're not gonna bust me. I was so used to guilt, and you know this Christianese like thing that I could not believe my pastor was having this real conversation. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, she's gorgeous. You get yourself in a wrong situation, you're pretty much hosed. So don't get in those situations. I'm like, okay, like like Bradley was saying, 2 a.m. <laughs> brings up my nice verse. It says 1 Corinthians 6 18, flee from sexual immorality. Because if you don't, you sin against your own body. Which I talked about at service this morning. Literally no joke. After that conversation, we were sitting there. She's whispering to my ear. Next thing you know, man, that horny scale hit the peak thing. I just got up and I got out. I'm like, I got to go. I got to go. She literally got up and says, you're not going anywhere. You're going to have sex with me. And I said, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I'm running out the door trying to get the keys out of my pocket. Ding, ding, ding. And I'm calling 911, which was Pastor Juergen. Pastor Juergen trying to have sex with me. Run to your car. Run to your car. Don't look back. I get my car. I'm driving, driving. Call me when you get home. I get home. I, I lock the door. And he goes, turn off your phone. She will tempt you. That's how we stayed pure.
5: It is true, but you're making me Hello. look so bad. No, I'm not you're making you so look bad. Though. You didn't know.
4: And Pastor Jurgen was trying to teach me to have spiritual maturity. Here's the deal. We then came up with our horny scale. And if I... We did. What's scale. wrong with you people? You're so holy. I'm trying to help you people. Scale. It's one a scale. Ten. And then ask those questions, but real quick, one to ten. You're answering. One to ten. All of them. Okay, one to ten. So if we were sitting there, listen, there's certain days a month, you know she's a zero. So we had nothing to worry about. Oh, oh, I can't. I'm a doctor. We're going to talk about it. So she'd be a zero on Let's a couple talk days. About it. Maybe a one, but we're still not going to go there. And so I had nothing to worry about. I could blow in her ear and tell her she was hot. I, it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to happen. But then maybe I'm having a rough day. She's not going to ignite it, hopefully. But we're sitting there watching a movie, and she'll just do one little brush. And I'll be like, oh, that three went to a five. And she goes, oh, you were... You look so good in worship today. I'm at a seven.
5: Don't ever use that as a line. I know, I know. It's horrible. <laughs> would never
4: it's horrible. Say that. And then whatever it was, it could be, a t- I need to know the minute I hit seven, pour hot or cold water on me or get up and go. And no joke, we had rules. So sometimes I was a three, she was a seven. So I'm rock solid. I ain't moving. Sometimes she's a three, I'm ai i I'm a nine. I'm a 12, whatever I am. You know, she's not moving. But sometimes, now it became a game, I'm going to try to move this thing. You just got to know when to shut it down or get out. Because if you don't know, like, she's the one, then just like he said, here's a book on soul ties. Every person that you've had a sexual encounter with, Mm -hmm. I don't care if it was all the way or some of the way, the minute... You start to get sexual activity. You've created a soul tie, and it messes you up. And if someone would have told me this in church that you can create soul ties with everyone that you have sexual encounters with, and you wonder why the world is going crazy. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, there's a real book on it, all biblically based by Michael Pitts. You can order it on Amazon. It will help you and freak you out to the point where if you just got to have fear of the Lord not to do it, because you can't use the spirit of self-control, which we all have been given. And then you gotta like a muscle, work it out. Just pretend you're Weatherford on the spirit of (laughs) self-control and work that muscle. Otherwise, read a book, put the fear of the Lord in you. It was like, man, I gotta break off some soul ties. Otherwise, that's how we create drama in our future life. Bottom line is that practically helped us putting up boundaries. And I would straight up tell her, I'm a six, don't do that again. She'd be like, babe, you do it one more time. I'm gonna run out of here like that first time i'm gonna call pastor ergen he's gonna talk to you on sunday <laughs> you gotta have people in your life we were at small church at the time i don't care if it's sterling or marissa i don't care what leaders the DiLorenzo's, Lorenzos, what leaders you have in your life have those people in your life that as a man you can call because how you shepherd this hottie not this one but mine this is my god's yeah. called me to be a king and a priest over this territory And how I shepherd it is how God's going to trust me on how successful I'm going to be. How I steward this is how I'm going to steward that, what he's going to give. If you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. How I honor his daughter is how he knows I'm going to take care of my future. Now that I have a little girl, oh, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for teaching me that.
5: And thank God for incredible shepherds. Pastor Yergin and Leanne didn't. Shame, shame, shame us helped me understand the reasons why to wait until marriage since I was newly saved. And then they just said, let's hit the reset button. You guys are gonna get married, and I think we had six months left till our wedding. Hit the reset button for the next six months. This is why, this is what you to do practically, and we committed to that. And our marriage has been so blessed because we decided to do that and wait and until t- after the reset. Yeah. Wait until marriage.
4: She was a horn dog, so don't tell me you can't control it. <laughs> Oh my Ouch. gosh! But that, hey.
1: I'm not saying that in a
4: bad way, babe. I love it and I appreciate it. You just it. called
1: me a dog. I no. want to do this. I want to do this. Dear God, help us. If you're a dude, if you're a dude in the room, raise your right hand. Just raise your hand. If you're a dude in the room, say it's my responsibility. You are the one to put the boundaries in place, you draw the lines, you put the borders up, you have that hard conversation. Hey girl, check it out. Super into you. Don't get confused. But we're not we're not kissing, laying down. You're not hanging out here till 2 a.m. If and when this starts to move towards that, you bet we're gonna tell on ourselves. We're gonna get people involved. But dudes, it starts with you, it is your responsibility. You are the catalyst, you are the one who initiates that conversation. That is not the girl's job.
4: It was so good, you know, and and to see years later, you know, at the time it wasn't funny. Like, she honestly didn't get, because she was newly saved, why she couldn't have sex with me, which is hilarious to think about now. Back then, I was like, oh my gosh, is this is a dream come true, but like, I can't fulfill the dream right now. How fast can we get married, you know? And so when certainly was saying, no, just go slow in the roll," I'm like, I don't know. Don't, don't preach to me like that. I was like, man, I got to hurry up. Let's go. I knew she was the one for me. I was older, so I, I had the understanding. I dated a lot. I knew what I wanted, and I knew. Um, it's not like God spoke to me or anything. I just knew because I was older, and I had that understanding. I was just trying. Now I go, how fast can I convince her right. so yeah. she knows?
1: And you had a pastor Juergen in your corner.
4: I did. It's yep. probably fasting for me. Thank God. <laughs>
2: I have a question. Just while we're talking about um, marriage and sex, um, if say you've got a couple in here that's married, and this whole idea of having soul ties with people maybe that they've slept with in their past prior to being married, because I think sometimes people don't realize how that can affect your your marriage, your intimacy, your ability to actual actually connect in in marriage. What would you say to somebody that maybe is like, I didn't even know I needed to deal with my prior Spouse life,
5: yeah. We we both experience breaking soul ties, so we want to pray for you. We have ministry tra- team at church. You guys have connect group leaders. Um, you can fulfill them on the best way to go about getting the prayer. But if you have had sexual relations in the past, you want to get every soul tie broken, and it can be more dramatic for some people, and for others, it can be a simple prayer. Um, on the altar or in a private space. But I think the biggest thing for me was just that it wasn't just my little secret that I had inside of me. Being able to share my past with someone and get ministered to um, and have those soul ties broken release so much freedom within me. Um, and again, hit the reset button on what my sex life should look like and help me realize that um, the way that I was going about sexual relations was really unhealthy and more from a place of insecurity than anything. Because, again, daddy issues. Um, my parents been divorced three times. So just a lot of brokenness in the past. So it brought massive healing so that we can break the curse of what was over the generations. Um, and our job now is to break that and to not let those generational curses continue down our family line.
4: Yeah, on soul ties especially, you can have a soul if – a, if a guy or a female is being caught up in a pornography, you can have a soul tie to that. Masturbation creates soul ties. So it's super unhealthy. And it, so you could say, oh, you know, I have not insect. No, no, no. That leads to a soul tie with a fantasy world that you will never be able to fulfill in that fantasy. And that's the problem with pornography. The second area is for you mama boys, you can have a soul tie to your mom. And, that's and what,
5: girls with their
4: moms, too, because yeah.
5: that's one I had to break.
4: Yep, yeah, she had to break one with her mom, and her mom was so mad. Like, I stole her daughter. It was daughter. an emotional
5: soul tie. It was
4: an emotional yeah. soul tie, but it's still nonetheless a soul tie that can have this interference that causes it to be. It says leave and cleave. We have to leave our parents, but my mom That's was, one of my so favorite verses. <laughs> the cleave part or the leave? I'm not sure where you're well, going with that. Equal.
1: Okay. I like them
4: equally. Yeah, okay, I'll see you on the altar. Um, so, <laughs> the... The thing is, like, with my mom, I was just so, like, she came down, we are newly married, and 6 a.m., she comes in, brings me coffee, I'm laying next to my brother, next thing you know, she's rubbing my back. Thinking to myself, this used to feel normal. Like, why is wait, my wait, wait. mom, I'm married.
2: So you're laying in bed with your wife. Yeah. And your mom comes in the room with coffee. Just to talk to us. Just to rub your back.
4: No, to talk to us and rub yeah. my, he's like, and my mom, my wife's like, what is going on? My mom's like, what I've been doing. I've been rubbing his back since he's like 12. I'm just giving about. my I'm like, mom, I'm married now. Like I could have been naked. Oh, don't worry. I've seen it before. Let's just, you know, I'm like, mom. No. Dear Lord, on Sunday, I'm getting prayed for immediately. You know, you just don't know what you don't know. But that I, I had to tell her. I had to set up boundaries with my mom, and my mom didn't get it. My mom was so ticked, but it was unhealthy because my mom and dad went through a divorce, so she poured everything into the two boys. So here she is loving her two boys, loving them hard. That The fact is she didn't know appropriate boundaries. And when I put them up, it wigged her out. Same thing with her mom. And if we're trying to do this thing where we're leaving and cleaving to one another, we got to set ourselves up for success. So you got to take inventory, not just on past relationships, Mm -hmm. what is healthy in your upbringing, what's unhealthy, and have real conversations about them. Because it's amazing how we can just put on the mask of Christianity. And just because you come to church and you say you love Jesus, that that girl should date you. Next thing you know, you're just crossing lines. And then another one gets chewed up and spit out. And it's amazing how we can just as men just objectify it and I was reading the stat today this is how crazy this is on these stats on uh, dating apps they said in the last year dating apps have skyrocketed so here's some stats on it 29% of people are just curious so they get it 19% think it's convenient 15% are bored and 24% are either lonely or just hopeful it might work out because they heard it could And it's amazing when people swipe right, women, 33% swipe right because of similar interests. And especially on the Christian ones, it's like, oh, they both love Jesus, swipe right. That's women. But only 23%, or I mean 40% of men swipe right because of attractive. How how good looking they are. But they say 93% of people delete an app due to frustration or inappropriate text, or it starts going inappropriate, mostly on the man side. And so they delete the app, only to re-upload it within seven days. Okay, how? Why do they delete it? Twenty-five percent are bored, eighteen uh, percent are stressed out because of the app, and then fourteen percent because they met something. But here's what I was thought appropriate: seventy-five percent of women block or repro- uh, report inappropriate behaviors. So this guy in Psychology Today said, "This is apps are messing up our ability." to have relationships with each other. Number one, because of ghosting, which causes rejection. So then it creates this thing. The second reason is uh, it makes us more human disposability. I mean, we could just go on to the next, next, date, Mm -hmm. next, date. So it creates this emotional feeling so you get hardened hearts. And then three is anonymity. So you start sending the right. penis pics and think that's appropriate because you're not going to say anything. So you'll say, I'm thinking to myself, that's the generation we're in. Right. And immediately, yeah, now you can see why 75% of women cancel that. But then now they're saying women are asking for it. So it's just created this culture that objectifies sexuality, makes us dehumanize it and then creates ghosting or rejection, which as pastors, we're dealing with every Sunday at the altar. And today I had a 36 year old going, where are the guys that just wanna date me with, get to know me right, and, right. and just, her heart was broken. I said, you know what? And she was beautiful and pouring her heart out. And I said, yeah, you're night. We're teaching this tonight for young adults. And if we could retrend this thing, I wanna be known as the church. Not the hookup church. Yeah. I want to be known as the church that's having godly conversations about how to date each other appropriately, how to set up boundaries. If we mess up, let's fess up and let's build something radical that's never been done before, because we want to be the church talking about it. Yeah. And the one thing I want to talk about, if you're a dude and I find out you're sinning a uh pick, I will
1: stalk you. <laughs> I'll send Pastor Tom Foster after you. Yeah,
4: yeah, no, I'm not intimidating. My whole thing is I'm going to call Tom Foster and bring him. He ain't scared of me, but I got friends.
2: And and that's why we encourage you guys to get into a connect group because you're not just going to, like, relearn everything because Dr. Matt said stats. You need people that can come alongside you that can help you make better decisions. And that's why you go to a merge conference. So there you go. Okay. Question, next question. I'm dating and I find myself in a similar scenario that I don't want to be in, or I attract the same kind of person I don't really want to be with, AKA, I'm in a cycle. How do I break it?
4: I'm gonna hurt feelings.
2: You
5: are attracting where you're living and the standard that you're accepting. So you have to change you, and you, in that season, and it's a season. Everyone can grow, everyone will grow, everyone can get discipled, everyone can get better with their relationship with God. Um, But if you're not liking the type of men or the type of women that you're attracting, I would take a look in the mirror and say, what do I need to change about myself? What areas? Ask your friends. If you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm pretty dang good looking, there's nothing I need to change. Then ask your friends. (laughs) Ask your friends. What do you see in me that needs to change? What do you see in me in my personality or my characteristics that I need to change in order to attract the type of person that I want to be with? That's my nice answer. Now for the mean answer.
1: Are you guys enjoying this so far? Um, Come on.
4: Why aren't you two clapping? You're not enjoying Okay, that's fine. Is <laughs> it something I said? No, I'm shocking. Uh, <laughs> i just rather go really, really real. Um, you girls that go on a date and then don't tell them the truth, you're actually causing more of the problem. So I'd rather you just be honest and be like, hey, I want to let you know. XYZ, In a nice, honoring way, but just don't ghost a second date. Don't pretend you're going to go on a second date, and then ghost them, and then ignore them, and then they'll repeat the same behavior. You know, just help a brother out. If we're all Christians, and we say, Uh, we're brothers and sisters, we all love Jesus, then tell them the truth. We're deodorant. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have chemistry with you. It's, it's okay to say that. I literally, when I was in my prime of dating, I would, you know. In
1: my prime. <laughs>
4: Do it. Go. You're Why is that funny? in prime. I'm not <laughs> in prime. <laughs>
1: oh, that's so funny.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're so cute, yeah. though. <laughs> you better hope I give it up later. I don't know what say. So, Wow. Okay, where was this, I? So listen, in my prime to, like, of dating, here's the deal. I would go out and th- I would be straight up honest. So my philosophy is, why, why would a guy, and the millennials, I just read the survey today, said it's too expensive to date, so I don't. I just game. That's going to help you. Okay, so <laughs> you Listen, it can cost you $9. <laughs> you go to Starbucks and you start off, you know, like 2 o'clock. Okay, I get an Americano. It's cheap. It's $2.45. She probably wants a latte, it's $5.95. I'm in this thing nine bucks. As fast, if it's going well, I drink it slow. If it's not going well, I drink it fast. I only out nine bucks.
5: And then what do you do if you didn't like her?
4: Yeah, this is what I'm talking so, about. This is great. So I would sit there and tell him, tell her, I'd be like, you know, you're amazing. The thing is, why settle for a B when I think I have an A ready for you? And she'd be like, what? And I said, I know we're on a date right now, but I actually know the perfect guy. We're over here at C3, which used to be C3. It's now Awaken. And I want to introduce, and and, and literally that would go well. I I am 12 out of 15 marriages, people, so you can judge all you want. (laughs) I lined up some couples. And so I would go out on a date with all the intention of hopefully liking this girl, but I knew deep down it was either, I ain't taking her home to mom, not 100% my style, whatever, not really chemistry, ah, middle toes too long, whatever it was. (laughs) I wouldn't say that. I'd just be like, I think I got a guy for you. And I'd be in my mind because I wouldn't even go on the date if if they didn't already hit a ton of criteria that I'm, you know, being a psych major, I was looking for. So it was already like up there. We're talking 9.5s out of 10s. And so what happened was I want to introduce her to a 10 that could be perfect. And guess what? It worked out 12 out of 15 times. It only went bad one time when this girl's like, well, I'm here for you. And I said, I get that. But I'm just telling you. I can feel it, it's just not the right. Next thing she's like, are you serious right now? And she started getting all angry. I'm like, calm down, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> Hucked my coffee on me. And then I go like this, you just lost your chance at me setting you up, because you psycho. I was trying to do you a favor. She dumped my Americano all over me. And then everybody at Starbucks, because I went to the same one, they're like, oh, oh. This is before IG, I would have been all over it. but. She lost out. So she's got anger issues. I hope she's saved. If you're watching tonight, God bless you. But <laughs> can you
5: quickly tell that one story about the Padres baseball game? <laughs> they will get okay. A out I was of at it.
4: a seminar. I was in Do Texas. I met this girl. we hadn't uh, we hadn't met yet. So I really meet this girl in Texas. I'm like, oh, you got to come out and visit sometime. There could be something there. Well, anyways, we talked on the phone a couple of times. She goes, I'm coming to see you. I'm like, sweet. She books the ticket for a month out. Well, in that month, I meet her. So I'm like, oh. Well, she comes to church. She gets saved. The rest is history. So this girl's like, I tell her. I'm like, man, there's this girl that's coming out. But I think I can set her me. up to my, with yes. my friend. So I don't want to break her heart. She's never been to San Diego. She wants to go to a baseball game. How about I let her fly out? She's not going to stay with me, so we end up working this whole thing out, and the girl's like, what do you mean you're dating somebody now? I was like, yeah. Well, anyways, I took her to the baseball game and then introduced her to my good friends, tried to hook her up with somebody else, didn't work out, and then at halftime, I dropped her off at the airport, sixth inning stretch, seventh inning stretch, I went and picked her up, introduced my friends, going, this is the one, this is the one I wanted you to be. <laughs> All worked out. You did it with honor. We're still friends with that girl now. She finally met a guy. And I didn't get in the doghouse. It's about how you do it. And if you're above reproach, it's all good. I always was honest, no matter how painful it was gonna be. My friends that I did that whole switcheroo thing, they were like, What just happened? They were freaking out for me. (laughs) But it was hilarious. But I always said, if you honor, you're not gonna get yourself in the doghouse. How they react, it's not up to you. But the truth is, I was dating and I knew why I'm not lonely. Why would I go out on a second date if I already knew she's not the one? I don't want to build an emotional tie or break her heart or hurt her in any way. That's God's daughter, and I need to honor her. And I didn't even have the full revelation, but I knew it wasn't right. That is a princess. And here's the truth is I knew, and because of that, and and the truth is when I found her and I go, oh, my gosh there is something amazing there. There was gold in the field. And when you go after the treasure in the field, know that you gotta take care of the whole field. You might have to weed it, you might have to put up with some drama, you might have to put up with some insecurities, but you can't just go after the gold without doing the work to, to build that into an incredible garden of your desire. And I will tell you that there was some insecurity on her part that I had to really, I had to learn how to set up boundaries with women Like Lindsay was saying, I had to also build confidence in her and speak life into her because it was so important. And I wasn't just going to go because she was been abused by three other boyfriends that she had a crappy relationship. I had to be a guy that was going to be this upstanding and let her work her ish out because that gold was worth it to the point where I was interviewing one day. Remember this? Mm
1: -hmm.
4: I was interviewing one day. Um, someone from my office, and I was interviewing like 13 people, and I finally just told my assistant, I said, I gotta go to Starbucks, send the next one over there. And this is how the devil works. Starbucks right on convoy, I'm sitting there waiting for my next interview, interview comes in, little cute girl, we're sitting there talking, fully business, and of all the Starbucks, of all the places, in all of San Diego, her BFF from college that lived in LA happened to stop by there, walk in, knowing we were fully dating like a, a year or so at the time, and Walks by me and goes, Matt? And I thought to myself, oh, Lord, here we go. I could just see the look on her face. Oh, yeah. Next thing you know, my girlfriend's calling me because she got her coffee and left, a little snicker on her face. <laughs> left, and then all of a sudden, my phone's blowing up. It's my, it's my girlfriend. I sent her a voicemail. But now she's calling and calling, and I could just tell now, here we go. So I answer, hey, what's up, babe? And she's just going to town on me. What are you doing at Starbucks with a hot girl? What are you doing? I'm like, oh yeah, the interview's going great. I ignored the whole thing, and I'm pretending, I'm pretending this thing is fine. I'm like, no, baby, it's a great. Oh yeah, I'll let you know how she is on the other line. It's this. Oh yeah, I'm gonna drive down there right now and take you out. What are you doing with another girl? I was so funny. Alina just called me. Oh yeah, you don't think I'll drive down there? I'm gonna come meet that girl right now. Calm, baby. Yeah, I love you too. Oh yeah, you want to meet her? Oh great, come on down. All right, thanks, baby. Thanks. Ah, Click interview's over who is that oh that was my girlfriend she'd love to meet you but I'm gonna tell you I loved it because she was passionate I just knew that was from old wounds and I had to raise my man bar up to lead her because I knew the treasure in the field you can't just say my number one pet peeve are couples they go like we're breaking up and then tomorrow they're back together. And then they get in a fight. I'm breaking up with you. I told her one time, because we we're, were driving the car, she was just in my ear, and she goes, You know, I'm going to break up with you. And I said, Okay. Just if you do, just let you know I'm not one of your little boyfriends that's going to come back tomorrow. You break up to me, I'm going to let your yes be yes and no be no. I know you're whole new to this word thing, but that's Bible. And I'm not coming back. And, and she goes, what? I said, I don't do drama, but I love you. I understand you're mad at, and it's okay that you are mad at me, but we'll work it out. That's what we do. So I to work it out. I said, I know, but just before you say your next line, you say you break up with me, I want to let you know, to me, that's impermanent ink. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. And I'm not going to be a couple that one, we're not going to curse at each other and call each other names. To me, there's no honor in that. And God can't honor what you don't honor. And the second thing is, I'm not going to play this game and so she stopped got quiet didn't talk to me got out of the car and it worked and it worked and here we are and here we are but i think there's too many couples the world that tree of knowledge you get in a little fight and you don't worry you break up and you get back together, break up and how you're setting yourself up for is what that marriage is going to look like so you've got to be careful your words life and death come in the power of the tongue some of you just got to learn to bite it hard Wow. Good
2: answer. (laughs) Rabbit trail. Next question. (laughs) Okay. For all the married people, marriage, how do you have a great marriage? (laughs) Um, And specifically, how do you ensure that you have a marriage that's rated best on your good, better, and best scale? How do you keep a marriage great?
5: I want to let everyone know that we do not have a perfect marriage. We argue we fight we have fun we have highs we have lows we have real conversations it's not always like this epic dream come true just to put that out there
4: it's a dream come true on my yes. part
5: okay so cute but
1: it's you, my turn matthew
5: but cute. here's here's what we do we have date nights every week we have a lot of fun we do a lot of adventures together Um, we are learning to communicate better. The other day we were in a fight and all of a sudden we looked at each other and we had this smirk like, I think we're both laughing at ourselves right now. Like we're being so stupid. Um, But I have had to learn not to take myself so flipping seriously and just take a chill pill on quite a few things. Um, We are so different. It's ridiculous. Like God brought together the most opposite people I think, that he could find and put them together. And somehow, every day, we're making it better and working the things out and ironing and iron and all of those great things. Um, but honestly, like, we have set our marriage to be the priority in our household, and we've done that since dating. We've had a date night every week since we started dating and all through marriage for 15 years. Um, there's been seasons. We have three kids, so there's been all the seasons, hormonal seasons and Pregnant seasons and we have businesses, we're in ministry, like we have. All of these crazy things happening, but marriage has to be the center of it because all of that flows out of the health of our relationship. And I'm also not afraid to say that we will go to counseling when we need to. And we just interviewed our counselor at San Marcos last week. If you want a podcast, it's incredible. Um, But we have just found so much value in that, living in the pace we do, to be able to have someone to talk to that can help us practically break down what's actually going on.
4: And I think what happens in a good marriage is I honestly don't care what other people think. I care what she thinks. Right. So, like, like, to me, counseling is coaching. I've been under coaches my whole life. It's just one more thing of, I need coaching in this. Yeah. You know, marriage license is the only one you don't have to renew. I have to renew my chiropractic license, real estate license, my pilot license, yeah. my driver's license. Every license except marriage you don't have to do continuing education for. Why wouldn't I go get some coaching? Why wouldn't I talk to Pastor you're going to land? Why wouldn't I come down to the altar and say, Jesus, help me? You know what I mean? It's like we get so Christianese about it. We don't want to talk about what's going on. And, and I will tell you this, because my revelation lately has really been I'm talking friendships. Mm-hmm. And if you're married in this room or you're single and you have a group of friends, how you do real friendships matters to me. Yeah. And to me, we're not a country club just like, hey, yeah, I love Jesus country club. You know, this isn't a membership. We're working life out. And it's amazing how many people, the church and the, the, the stats in the church for divorce are the same in the world. How is that possible? We got Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. You know why? A bunch of fake people. And you got a bunch of friends that aren't really friends. So if your friends are struggling or if let's just say you're single and there's four or five guys that hang out together and you're not calling each other out on dishonoring women. That's how you're going to be in marriage. What kind of friend is that? You know, my friends would never treat a woman like that. You know why they wouldn't? They wouldn't have the huevos to do it in front of me. And if I found out, I'd straight up call them out on it. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? That's not you. God's giving you a spirit of self-control. So if he gave you a spirit, that's not you. So I said, there's something in your world that's broken right now. Let let me speak into it. And it's, you know why I do that? Because I love him. He's my freaking friend. You know what people don't do? People that don't do that, To me, I don't want that type of friendship. That's a shallow, lame friendship that the world offers. It's like eating candy all the time and you're gonna get cavities. Like, I want deep relationships that we guard one another, we protect one another, we're a brotherhood. And if we're a brotherhood, then I'm gonna speak into your life. And it might feel prickly, you might be mad at me a couple days, but you know I love you. And you know I'm gonna call it because I want the best for your life. And she is the best thing for your life, so suck it up, buddy. And if you don't do it with your friendships now, you'll never do it When you're in marriage and one of the dudes in, you know, your circle of friends is doing something in marriage you shouldn't be doing or looking at porn, I'd be like, bro, what are you doing? Like, I love you. Man, don't ruin your marriage. Don't ruin your legacy with those kids. That's real friendship. Instead, we're like, oh, yeah, I wanted to, but I didn't want him to get mad at me. Then he's not your friend anyways. I know so many people in places of authority that don't want to, like, have people, because we all care about we want to be liked. We wanted to be needed. We wanted to be known. And you're sacrificing integrity when God's just trying to say, iron sharpens iron. I put you in that dude's world so you could speak into it. But they're not leveraging that influence. So, what kind of influence are you? Whoa, check it. Look at him. He's certified on Instagram. Who cares? You know what I respect is when another guy can call his brother out. And they're still friends at the end of the day. That's how we better one another. And girls ought to be doing the same thing. And when girls start getting catty and talking about, oh, my guy did this guy. Some girls got to step and be like, hey, why don't you pray for your dude instead of talk about your dude? We got to stop the drama and just be real friends. And then how you do anything is how you do everything. That's how you have a rad marriage because we have rad friends.
1: That's so true. Love that. I actually had a revelation before I got married about not settling. So this actually plays perfectly into how do you make sure that you have an awesome marriage, right? I think that's a big kind of generic statement that people would make or would want, right? I want an awesome marriage. But I remember before I started dating Marissa, I refused to settle with who that person would be. I refused to to have anything less in my life than the absolute best that God had for me. Marriage is kind of like golf is how I think about it. No matter how good you are at golf, you can always get better. You can always get better. There's always a a next level that you can get to. There's always a greater intimacy that you can achieve. There's always, you know, a better way to communicate. It's always there. And I think what happens a lot of times is people get content, but they're never, like, satisfied with where their marriage is at. Contentment is good, but if you're not satisfied, that's actually a really powerful fuel to help. Okay, i got to get motivated. I've got to be to actually do the steps to help make my marriage better. It's just not going to just happen out of nowhere, right? You have to actually put the work in to make it better. The same season I experienced before I got married was, I'm not going to settle. I took it to my marriage. I'm not going to settle. I'm content with my marriage, but I'm not satisfied. I always want it to be better.
2: Mm-hmm. So good, babe. Awesome marriage. We have time maybe for like
1: one more. Okay, awesome one more question.
2: question. Um, what advice would you give to a couple who maybe is married but they are aware that maybe their marriage is not healthy and they're not thriving practically? what would you advise them to do?
5: I think just knowing where you're at is the first step. So being able to recognize and communicate with each other, hey, like I feel like our marriage could be better. Let's work on this. Because if there's two willing people, there's no such thing as irreconcilable right. differences. Yep. You can always reconcile things. You can always work thing, things out. And I, w- you all are in the right place. So if you're here tonight, I'm already you know, excited that you're on the right path to having incredible relationships, incredible marriage. Um, But I would say that you're in, if you're in this church, you have the keys to like endless help that you will need forever. There's pastoral care, there's counseling, there's people to pray on the altar, there's ministry team, there's so many resources here. And even if you just text that keyword 94090, the marriage resource, there's so many incredible tools we want to get to you. So if you are having issues in your marriage and you already have recognized that you do, have hope. I would just say have hope because there are answers. There is help. You can reconcile things um, and things can be better and can things can be incredible. You can have an incredible marriage. Um, So stay faithful and stay hopeful.
4: Yeah, I would say that, you know, it's kind of like that, that saying with the dude out in the water drowning you know, the lifeboat came out and he said, Oh, I'm waiting on Jesus to save me. I'm all good. I'm all good. Helicopter comes. No, I'm waiting on Jesus. Finally, the guy drowns, gets heaven. God, what are you going to save me? Well, I sent a boat, sent a diver, sent a helicopter. How much more obvious can I be? You got the D. Lorenzos, you got awakened church, you got great pastors, you got great leaders. What more do you need? It's all right here. It's you got to just let down the wall. And the hardest part is for people to say, We need help. Yeah. And, and I would just tell you that great friendships make that possible. but a lot of people date without purpose. Sure. Yeah. So what's your premise? What's your purpose? What's your intention about who you're dating? In your marriage, have you set up a premise, a purpose and a yeah. uh, you know a plan for that? Where, where do you guys what do you want out of that marriage? Yeah. Yeah, I tell you talk about it. like we've done my life book three times together with friends. And we talk about our purpose, premise, and vision for our marriage, our purpose, premise, and vision for the relationships we want in our life, our purpose, premise, and vision for the family we want to raise, for the legacy we want to build. It's fun. Why aren't we talking about that except where are we going to dinner tonight? Like, that's here. Let's talk about the stuff that matters. It's just real conversations that the world, the tree of knowledge doesn't want you to have. And about intimacy, you see, intimacy about being real with your spouse, about being real with that person you're dating and talking with intentionality about what your future holds is how you anchor on. So you have this epic thing that you built and when the wave comes, when the storm comes, you've built this epic boat that can withstand all the crap you're going to hit and makes it worth it. Jesus in the middle you're good.
1: So good. We're supposed to be wrapping up here, but I'm going to do something a little naughty. I have one more question because I want you to encourage the people here who are going like, hey, I'm watching all my friends start dating and I'm watching all my friends get engaged and I'm watching all my friends getting married and I'm starting to feel discouraged. How can we encourage those people tonight?
4: Yeah. So my thing is
5: you have a lot to say. I'm just going to let you No, say.
4: babe. I mean, I'm just want to punch people i mean i don't know it's just so frustrating i want to see epic relationships and we go to such an epic church so i know the soil's ripe i know your seed is right it's about putting it in there and then trusting god no farmer plants a seed and then goes picks it up because "Ah, i don't see anything i don't see anything you know there's there's springtime and harvest You just got to trust God. And when you put that seed in, the right soil, this house, meeting the right guy, believing God for it, then the thing is, I can tell you what you focus on expands. And if you focus on all your friends, you're going to be focused on all your friends. Why don't you focus on you? Why don't you focus on, I I see these guys, I want to be a king. I want to be a queen. You know, it's like, bro, go focus on, you'll attract your queen when you are the king you know, but you're talking about who you want, but you're not talking about who you want to be. Why don't you just focus in the season on who you should be in Christ and then guess who will be attracted to you? That queen that she's been praying for that king to show up, but bro, I'm looking, you ain't no king. And and I need them to sow into their stuff instead of worrying about what all their friends are doing. As females, don't lower the bar, don't settle. Keep your eye on Jesus, pursue Jesus, and wait that he's going to mature that man they take a little bit longer to cook, ladies. And then when you do meet one that maybe is a little immature, why don't you speak life into them and encourage them and give them words of affirmation and tell them, you can be the man God created you to be. I'm waiting for you to step it up. And as you sow into righteousness, guess what that man will be? Take a little boy and help him be a man. Speak into him. I knew what I got, and then I spoke life into it, and, and she is that woman. I mean, she's a confident woman. It's not who the woman I met, but she's the woman I married and the woman she is today. That's what we can create, life and de- death and the power of the tongue. If you see that potential, know what you got, and then work it out and speak life into it. But so many people, is like one little thing, I'm out.
5: And the girls, I would say, just to, just to encourage you, if someone asks you on a date and you're at first not necessarily attracted to them or you want to say no, say Yes. I told this lovely beauty queen here when, when this God. happened
2: for them, I said, it's just a date. It's just a coffee. Go. Don't I say, what did I say? She said, Don't be- and I quote, Marissa, you're not walking down the aisle. Just go on a date. Stop being retarded. <laughs> there you go. So, girls, just go I'll on a little coffee date. I always have a
1: special place in my heart for Pastor <laughs> Michaela. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
4: it's true. I remember that. I'm like, oh, wow. But here's the truth. She wasn't attracted to me at that airport. And the truth is I just went and got a haircut for her. So I, I just scaled it up. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever, she, you need to work out. I'm working out, I hired bitch. Like what else you want me to do? Dear Lord, I'm doing it. You know, I grew a beard. She didn't like it, I shaved the beard. You know, it's like she knew and I took the advice. And so it brings me back to that point too is you ladies help each other out. And even if that guy didn't work out, go speak some life into him, what he can do for the next day. Like, hey. You probably should buy her dinner because you didn't buy me dinner. You ain't getting a second chance. <laughs>
1: don't
2: a cheap. The skate. Tab.
4: You know, it's like you just help the brother out so that way when he dates again, it just gets better. But we all help each other. We don't tear each other down, we encourage, lift each other out, but we honor one another. You honor, you get blessed.
1: Amen. Hey, anybody feel encouraged tonight? Come on want to thank the Hubbards again you guys are remarkable Pastor Lindsay and Brad thank you so much those of you watching thank you for joining us we hope to catch you next time on let's talk about it thanks for listening to find out more about our locations team and what we do here at awakened Church go to awakenchurch.com.